Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome uh, to Northridge Church. So I just want to say this. When there are more distractions, I get excited. And you know why I get excited? Because I know that there is an evil working against us because evil knows that something good is about to happen. I see it all the time. And so I'm glad that the train came through, that stupid train, as Laura so aptly put. And, uh, and, and there have been a lot of other distractions already this morning. I mean, we have had distractions. It has been one of those mornings where there has been a ton of those. And so I am coming in fully expecting the presence of God to fall on this place in a way that maybe we've never seen. Would you be okay with that? <laughs> I hope so. And it has been cool to see the awakening and confession and repentance uh, at Asbury University, and it's been spreading to other campuses. It's been spreading to other people. Um, Asbury uh, contact, was contacted by uh, a very well-known news anchor this last week, and they were going to bring a whole team there to do a report, and Asbury contacted them and said, please do not come. We do not want distraction from what God is doing. And they actually said, Kudos to Asbury for telling us not to show up because we'd be a distraction to what is actually really important going on. And so that's my hope is that we would catch the hunger. The hunger where all you hunger for more than anything else is for God. That's what we're about here. And so we are on this yes journey together. We're simply asking the question together as a church and individually, what is our yes? What is your yes? What is God asking you to say yes to? Because I can tell you it's not a question of whether or not he's asking you to say yes to something. That's not even a question. So if you think, ah, I don't think God's asked me to say yes, he is. It's not a question. It's not even a question. God, you know why? Because God loves you and he knows the best thing for you is to say yes to him. Now, your yes is going to be different than everybody else's yes. Because you're in a slightly different place on the staircase and everything else we've been talking about in this yes journey. And so we are together seeking this. And we've been on a spiritual journey. I don't know about you, but it's been cool. Well, we have tons of people fasting. We have people fasting from food altogether. They're on water only. We have people fasting from comfort items, uh, from Xboxes. We have people, I kid you not, we have somebody, I don't know who it is, uh, but we have somebody fasting from negativity for 21 days. I thought that was pretty awesome. I was like, man, that is hard. That's really difficult. But they're fasting from negativity. We have somebody fasting from hot showers. I kid you not. Like, I was like, oh, that's serious. Like in Wisconsin in this season, woo! Like that's spiritual. You know, that's holy. And, uh, and we've been praying at 316 every afternoon. I don't know about you, but man, this has been crazy because I had my schedule set before we decided this is when we were going to do this. And, and so I've, I've uh, had to stop and pray in a doctor's office in the middle of a meeting with people that I was with. I've prayed with my son Tanner because he gets home from school just before then. I've been praying in the car when I've been driving. Uh, I, it's, just, it's just been crazy. But we're all on this journey. Why? Because we're hearing and asking, what is God asking us to say yes to? And then as our, uh, what did Ryan say, the, the biggest human being, this uh, huge human being, as he said, uh, as he said, <laughs> I'm just using his words, I don't know. But as he said, next week is a big, week, a big day. That's our commitment Sunday. Then here's the two things that we're asking you to pray about and really seriously consider. And this is the financial card, and we're gonna, you're going to see it. We're asking you to consider two things. What's the biggest and best one-time offering that you can bring next week? Laura and I have been talking about it. We've been praying about it. We've been wrestling with it. We're not sure if we're comfortable with the number God gave us, but we're going to do it. So we already know what that big number is, the one that we're going to give, and we're going to bring it in the form of a check. So whatever, however you bring it, if you want to, like, somebody wants to put a house on a truck and bring it in, that would be awesome. I don't know how we're going to deal with that. No, but with, no, I'm just kidding. But whatever it is, but that one, one, like, one time, like, you're bringing it physically with you, and you can kind of turn it in, you know, whatever, do whatever you want to do um, on next Sunday. And then we're asking for a two-year commitment. And for Laura and I, it works. It makes sense for us to do a monthly thing. So we have a monthly number in mind that we're doing. Uh, we kind of settled on this just a couple of days ago, actually, for us. 
And, uh, and so there's a monthly number that we're going to give for two years. Um, I, uh, this is just, uh, just a little personal, but uh, Jackson and Hannah got home, or Jackson got home, and I said, hey, buddy, we don't have TV anymore. I canceled it today. And I said, remember this whole, he's like, Dad. And I was like, well, you remember the Yes campaign? We have to sacrifice. We have to do that. Remember, we talked about this like two weeks ago as a family at dinner. Remember, we got to make some sacrifices. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, he's like, well, I don't really watch that anyway. I said, live sports. He's like, oh, dad. And then like he dropped into the valley again. You know, and then we, and then we were good. We're, we're good. We talked it out. We're, we're fine. But what we're asking is bring the biggest, best offering you can bring physically on that day next week and then bring your best two-year commitment that you're going to commit to for the next two years to give. And that's what we're asking you. This is between you and God. You just happen to be a part of this church, but this is between you and God. And so that's what we're asking you to consider. And so next week is a big deal, and, uh, and I'm excited about it. And then what we're going to do, here's, here's kind of how it is. Uh, so first thing, if you're new and you're scared of this, you're like, man, next, next week seems like an in-house, in-family thing. It's not, okay? Because what God is doing here is for everybody else right? What we're doing here is for everybody who's not here and everybody who started coming. So come back, join us. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be an amazing Sunday. Uh, but also, if you're here and you're part of Northridge and you're like, you know, I'm ready to give. I, I know I kind of have an idea of maybe what we're going to do, but you're scared of how we're going to do that. Like you're kind of worried about that because you're not, you know, like, are you going to have to show the card and we're going to put it on the camera and we're going to be like, okay, they're giving this much. You know, like some people are scared about that. They're nervous. As I heard uh, a word yesterday, uh, what was it? Nursited. Nervous and excited all together. Like somebody's nursited. I was like, hey, that's a pretty cool word. We'll use that, nursited. And so I, some of you are nursited. Like you're a little nervous, but you're excited about next Sunday. We're not going to do this where we're going to, anybody else is going to see your number. Okay, that's important. This is between you and God. The only people that are going to actually see the cards and everything that we commit to is the finance team. That's it. Those are the only people who are going to see it. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to tally everything together, and they're going to give us the large number and so that we can report that to you. But the finance team is going to see the individual numbers. They're the ones that are going to count it. And we're going to physically bring it, and this mountain is going to change just a little bit for next Sunday, and we're going to actually use this mountain to give our commitments and kind of do that. And you're going to see we're going to have something else on the mountain. I need to be careful not to give it away, but anyway, we're going to do some different things with the mountain, okay? So this is really exciting. God is moving, and I can just tell you, God has already brought some pretty interesting, cool stories and sacrifices to our midst already. Uh, By the way, cool note, somebody's traveling the first week uh, of this campaign, and we got a message, and they said, hey, guess what? We checked into our hotel. Guess what our, our hotel number was? 316. And I was like, yeah, they were like, we prayed at 316, we got a hotel 316 number. This is amazing. God is lining things up. It's really, really cool. Um, so we have a real treat. I'm going to kind of stop talking for a minute. Um, I know, I, I said it real, it's a treat. Like, I know, like you guys said, yes, this is a treat. I'm so glad I showed up today. We don't have to deal with this guy. Uh, So we have an amazing story today. Um, So I remember vividly when God very clearly said to me, he didn't ask me, he told me to say yes, to be in ministry for the rest of my life. I remember that day clearly. I've, I've told the story to many people. I know exactly where I was. I know exactly what I heard. I know exactly what was going on. When God said, Brent, you need to say yes to this. And that's not how he asked it. That's not how he said it. But I knew it was a yes for me. And I remember that. And it changed the trajectory, the path of my life and my family's life for the rest of our life. And that's literally why I'm standing here right now, is that yes. But today we have uh, an amazing story from Ryan and Crystal. So Ryan and Crystal are going to go ahead and come on up. And they have an incredible story of yes, of when they said yes to God. 
And so as they come up, I'll just say that uh, Ryan and Crystal, they go way back. You're going to hear a little bit of that. Uh, As far as Northridge, they go way back with Northridge. And you're going to hear that part of the story when we get into it. Um, But they have an incredible sacrificial yes that they have said yes to in their life with God. And, uh, and so they're going to share that here today. And let me just say uh, that they are awesome, but they're also nervous about this. Ryan is like firefighter, EMT, paramedic, and he's been up all night. So he just got off of shift. And so he's here, like, if he starts to nod off, just kind of shout at him or something, you know, and I'm sure we're going to be good. But uh, no, he's, he's going to be all good. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, Ryan... And Crystal, thank you for being here today. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah. I guess we're a little nearsighted. <laughs> nearsighted. They're nearsighted so as well. Are you more ner or more sighted? Uh, <laughs> ner. ner. More ner. Okay, good. I, I kind of thought so. Um, so I am, I'm just going to push this down so you guys can see a little bit there. Um, so Ryan and Crystal. Um, I know we're going to get into your story, but let's just take the first couple of moments here. Let's do this briefly, because I know it's important, but we need to get to the, you know, the other stuff. Um, tell us in a statement or two your faith background, kind of your spiritual background. What, what did that look like? You know, did you start in church or grow up in church or not? And, you know, all kind of stuff. Uh, well, it was a little bit of a, a half and half kind of situation. <laughs> okay. um, I grew up in a Lutheran church. Um, we went frequently probably not every Sunday, but grew up with that kind of in the background of our family values and our family lifestyle. Crystal, on the other hand, was completely not in a faith background at all, um, really until after we got here. Okay, okay. So you churched a little bit, Lutheran church and all that kind of stuff, maybe not every Sunday, but that's, that's okay. You're good. Uh, and Crystal, really not at all. Yep. No background at all. Correct. Uh, definitely a non-believer. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So turn the corner a little bit. So we, the three of us, we have an interesting way that we met. So would you guys be willing just to share that story, how you were forced to be my friend? Uh, let's just say that. <laughs> Pretty much. Made Pretty a, much. Made a phone call, and it didn't stop from there. Um, 2011, uh, in the fall, I was writing the Wanakee Tribune as the sports journalist and then doing other human interest pieces on the side uh, for the newspaper. And Brent gave me a call saying, hey, we have a new church coming into town. Could you do a story on it? And I had to say yes because it was my job. (laughs) And people would find it interesting. And so I said yes and had coffee and just really kind of hit it off there for both the story piece and and because he has a sports background and I write sports for the newspaper. Um, So I I wrote that story and maybe a couple other ones after that. Okay. So, and this is cool. I have to tag off of this. Uh, So Ryan and I sit down, we do the interview real quick, and then I'm writing a sermon. This is, I don't know, several weeks, a couple months later, whatever. And And I'm writing this sermon, and we're in once a month services. We've just started. We're not even weekly. It's one time a month that we had a a service. And I'm writing this sermon, and I've just met Ryan. I I haven't met Crystal yet. And God very clearly says, invite Ryan and Crystal to church. And I was like, no, I just met them. That's weird. You know, it's kind of like meeting somebody and be like, "Um, so you want to get married? Like, you know, like it feels kind of like that. That's what it felt like to me. I was like, it feels a little like too soon. Yeah, too soon. You know, that's what it felt like. And I just couldn't. So all day I'm writing this sermon. I'm trying to hear from God. And all he's telling me is invite Ryan and Crystal to church. I'm like, oh, man. And so for hours I wrestle with God. And finally at the end I'm like, okay, I'll compose the email. And then I'll kind of determine. It took me a while. Even I composed the email and then I didn't send it. And then finally I finally just sent it. And I said, you know, I crafted it like, oh, I, I don't know how you feel about this. And, uh, and I sent it to them. And, uh, yeah. It was a very big reluctant, I have no idea what we're doing here. <laughs> so, so you sort of said yes. Sort of said yes in my own head, but had to take it home and tell someone who didn't have a faith background, hey, we're being invited to church that I just wrote this story on. Uh, I think we should probably go. 
just because it might be professional courtesy and see what it's all about. And so it was a, a reluctant yes between the both of us to come on that first hmm. first Sunday. Okay. And this is a this is a big yes for you because being a non-church, non-believer, this is like, why are we going? Why are we doing this? Right? Um, and so you reluctantly say yes. And uh, give me the professional courtesy. I appreciate that. That's the first time I've heard that. I like that. Um, and so uh, you, this is a big yes. And so tell me what happened. You came that first time. And then just kind of unpack those, just really briefly, those first few years uh, at Northridge and, you know, some of the new yeses. Yeah, so a, a big yes to just show up and walk through the door the first time. And Northridge, as most people here have seen, is not like any other church that you grow up in. It's, you're not sitting singing out of the hymnal. You're singing worship songs, and it's very low-key. You can wear hats and jeans and tennis shoes, and it's don't wear your Sunday best, just show up. And, and worship together, and I think that's what kind of opened us to maybe keep coming more and more and more, especially for a, someone that didn't believe in the first place to feel welcome here. Yeah. Um, and it kind of evolved into us having another ask to be a part of the launch team to, to launch the church. So you have a sort of believer and a non-believer now being asked to launch a church. I think that's a good idea. No, I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe we didn't have a clue what we were doing. It's one of those two. Brent and Laura might be slightly crazy. It's all right. <laughs> I'm good with it. It takes one to know one. <laughs> oh, now we're having fun. See? Now, now I'm worried why we, that we brought you guys up here. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we became a part of the launch team and kind of helped get Northridge on its feet and get the word out. And um, our presence within the church kind of kept evolving, being a part of the children's ministry for her and being on stage singing and playing instruments as part of the worship team uh, for me and volunteering in other capacities. Um, and then in 2013, Northridge held their first baptism and I was baptized as a baby, but rebaptized uh, as an adult making a decision myself mm. and Crystal giving her life to God and making that decision and becoming one of the first ones baptized here at, at Northridge. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of kept going from there. And we had our biological son, Blake, in 2016. And that's mm -hmm. when our faith journey kind of started to ebb and flow a little bit with a new child here and, and other things we had going on in our lives. Sure. So there's, but there's a lot of yeses in there. I mean, yes to the launch team. Um, and then yes to, you know, accept Christ, yes to get baptized. I mean, these are, this is like, God is kind of snow plowing you through. Um, but that was over several years. And then, but then let's kind of turn the corner a minute because we kind of get through some of those up and down years and some of that stuff. And there's a lot of yeses in there. But then there is this, let's just kind of get into it. Because there's this moment where God has been asking you to say yes, but then this was different. This yes was kind of a blind side, so to speak, maybe if I can put it that way. And so there was this defining moment. Can you talk to us about that? And it was in a Northridge service. So it was uh, November of 2018, and Ryan and Shannon Jones were sharing their story about how they had adopted their daughter and they were about to embark on their journey to China to adopt their son. And God used their story to convict us. Um, they shared their story. Ryan and I did not look at each other during service because I knew that uh, we would just both lose it. And we did. As everybody got up and walked out of the room, we just sat there. And we were just kind of like frozen in our seats. There was just this presence around us, and it was just so mm. heavy. It just it kept us there, um, and just kind of had this like conversation, looking at each other without words. Um, and we knew walking out of church that day that our lives would never be the same. Um, so we talked about it a bit after the fact and uh, determined that God was calling us very clearly to either foster care or adoption. Uh, we were not sure at that point which it actually was, 
Um, but it was very clear that he made that calling on both of us at the same time, uh, which is amazing. Um, one of us did not have to try to convince the other. Um, we were both all in <laughs> uh, and ready to go on that journey, whatever that was going to look like. That's awesome. I, lo I love the picture. And, and I remember when you guys came to me on the other side of the room that day, and I could see, I could literally see in your faces and on your body, like there was a presence that was different about you. I knew that. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was different. But I didn't know the part where they had both been sitting in their chairs, not looking at each other, like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And they both knew the same thing without saying anything. Like, they both knew what God was saying without looking at each other. And then they look at each other, and that's when you guys lost it. And you're like, okay, this is real. Uh, God is saying the same thing to each of us. And that's, um, that's just amazing. It's just amazing. Um, so thank you for being sensitive to what God was doing. So, so there's this amazing moment. Right? You guys, God, God literally pressed you into your chairs. That's kind of what, that, what I'm getting. This, you said this was this heavy presence. And that makes sense to me. When I felt sometimes God's presence, sometimes it's just heavy, not in terms of it's overbearing, but it's just heavy. It's like keeps you there. It presses on you, right? And uh, so that makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, but God was clearly prepare, preparing you for that moment and also was going to prepare you after that moment. So can you just kind of talk about how God was working before and after that defining moment. So uh, Brent's sermons had actually been helping prepare us to get to this point. Um, we have hindsight now, and so it's easier to see how this is all kind of played out. Um, there is one in particular of a staircase, a little different than the staircase that we talked about last week. <laughs> um, in this particular example, the one that Brent had shared, is that your walk with God it requires faith. You are walking on the flat part of the stair and it's almost like you're little, right? You can't see what's on that next step. And that's the part that requires the faith. You just have to work hard and get there. Mm -hmm. And then God does it again. <laughs> you, you get a period of kind of grace, uh, some relaxation maybe, and then you have to put your faith forward again mm -hmm. and take that next step. Um, and so uh, that's just one that really uh, still sticks out to this day uh, as far as how God was preparing us. Um, and then another area uh, was that uh, Ryan and I were ready to grow our family. Um, and we had been trying and we kept experiencing losses. And um, looking back at that now, I can see that God was preparing our hearts for us to grow our family, uh, to make room and love in our home. Um, but he had a different plan than we did. Uh, he intended to grow our family, but not through biological children. And at that point, we didn't know that. Um, and going through that heartbreak uh, over and over again was really challenging. Um, but it also taught us a lot about uh, loss, uh, moving on, and that became extremely important as we embarked on our foster care journey. Mm. You're doing a really good job sharing some very difficult things. <laughs> I'll say that. Like, I, I'm over here just, like, having a hard time with it, and you guys are just plowing through and doing awesome. Um, so, so God is teaching you these things, right? Um, but let's be honest, it was... It was hard. So you're considering all these different paths, right? What should we do? Is it fostering? Is it adoption? You know now, you're starting to learn that God is calling you to fostering or adoption, but, and you're maybe not going to grow your family through biological, but now it's through this. But you're still not sure what that path looks like, right? And so eventually you got to the point where, okay, fostering we think is the thing. That, that's what we're going to start with. And so you did that. So tell us what happened after you made that clear decision or God helped you make that clear decision like fostering is the thing what what was the next part of that process I don't know if it was clear <laughs> still <laughs> okay but we sure. were definitely leaning towards it um okay. and again hindsight's 2020 you look at the purpose of foster care in providing a, a home for a child with the goal of having them leave you 
mm. and go back to their family. And we had those losses to help us prepare for that. Mm. Um, but we had people in our lives that were also on a similar journey or had been on a similar journey. Um, so in making our decision, we met with Brent and Laura and prayed quite a bit um, and had them give us some guidance. We also had a friend, Craig Raymond and Ashley Raymond, who helped plant the church here, uh, moved on to a different church, but they fostered uh, when they were up north. And so we went and took a long road trip to spend a, a night with them and their family and kind of talk about the challenges of foster care. And it kind of started to put the puzzle pieces together that this might be where we're at uh, as far as making a decision. Mm. Um, so then we did more research into the process. We got books and read books. Um, and then I think we made the, the final decision to go to a, an informational meeting that had us leaving with a, a piece of paper to fill out as far as an application. Okay. And then it just kind of went from there. Okay. So, and that, and that process took like nine months. Is that right? I mean, it's a very involved process, right? And so you, you go through this process and you get formally approved. And so you are licensed foster parents. Like you can actually legally do this now. Um, and so let's fast forward. So you, you went through that process and then you get that first phone call. So it was February of 2020. It was about four months after we had uh, officially gotten licensed. Um, it was kind of like our, our waiting period um, before we got our first phone call. And it was for a uh, newborn girl. Uh, she was currently in the NICU. And um, we said yes. Um, and it was uh, just weeks before COVID hit. Uh, that we brought home uh, this tiny little girl who had some challenges, um, and then the world shut down. And Good timing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, here we are raising her um, with not a whole lot of support, um, and also some people just didn't even know this isn't something that you can publish on social media. Hey, we have a, a, a newborn with us, um, and uh, you know, with the way that things were at that time, um, you know, not seeing people in person, um, it was definitely a time where we felt um, a little bit secluded. Uh, but also was kind of nice to be able to just hunker down the four of us, um, really spend some time loving on her, uh, giving her the attention that she needed, mm. um, and just kind of hiding away <laughs> mm. uh, as part of COVID. Um, so the purpose of foster care, as Ryan mentioned, is to reunify children with their birth parents. Um, that is the ultimate goal. There are times when that is no longer in the best interest of the child. And when that happens, then the uh, county starts looking at alternative options. And adoption is one of them. And another one is kinship care, which is placement with a relative. And after uh, three and a half months of having Samira in our home and uh, loving on her and just becoming a family of four, uh, the county decided that she needed to move. And so in uh, June of 2020, she was moved to a kinship placement, kinship home, relative home. Um, hmm. Yep. So... Again, you guys are you guys are doing amazing at, at being able to share this, but I think I think what struck me when you were sharing this is three and a half months, right? Mm -hmm. Three and a half months with this girl, Samira. And it's during COVID, so they've like you've had to lock down. So there's this like great timing, God, thank you for that. You know, and at the same time you hunkered down and you became like a solid four person family. And you grew to love her deeply. And now you have to say goodbye. And, um, and so I want to just pause for a moment. Would you just, let's just get a little bit raw, get a little bit real for a moment. And just be honest about 
how that felt to you guys. Pure devastation. It was something that we knew was a possibility. Uh, I don't know if it was really expected, especially in that moment in time. Mm. And it was utter heartbreak. And to see your family just ripped apart because from literally the first day, I was pretty smitten over this little girl. <laughs> and she had me wrapped around her little finger <laughs> from day one. Mm -hmm. And she's not even a blood relative. Like, there's no reason why it should be. But <clears throat> she had me. And awesome. then it was over. Like, mm. like a drop of a hat within the span of two weeks mm. had to be done. Mm. And Blake was equally as enthralled with his baby sister. And he was three mm. and a half years old at the time and didn't quite understand what was happening mm. and why his baby sister had to leave and go somewhere else and couldn't stay with us anymore. Mm. Mm. So as... Uh, brand new foster parents and experiencing our first loss um, and just kind of not knowing how to process all of that ourselves, like we're learning. Um, and seeing our son cry every single day uh, because he lost his baby sister was really hard. Um, so I didn't really know what to tell him and so I told him to pray. And he did. He prayed every single day that God would bring his baby sister home. Um, and those were some really hard times to watch him go through that. Um, and so we took that summer. Um, and it was interesting because Blake's prayers uh, kind of gradually started to change. And it, um, in addition to praying for his sister to come home, because that never stopped, he started praying for a baby brother. Um, and I think that that is God's way of saying, all right, it's time. Um, he, Blake is ready. It's time for us as parents to be ready um, and to move forward, um, that there's hope and there's healing ahead. Um, okay. So yeah. we'll say this. Everything that you're about to share now going forward, it's Blake's fault. <laughs> 100%. There wasn't a day that went by that he wasn't praying about one or the other. So it's 100% as well. <laughs> 100%. It's Blake. So Blake is praying for his baby sister to come back home. Blake is now praying for a baby brother. And you're like, whoa, Blake, okay, like, let's, let's slow the roll. But he's praying for both a brother and a sister. And so now take us and amazingly... Just this, this the, the story just gets crazier. You get another phone call, and this one was pretty unexpected. So tell us, tell us what happened there. Uh, so it was uh, November of 2020, and we got a call for a two-month-old baby boy. And brother, um, yes, Blake's baby brother, <laughs> um, and uh, this one took a little bit um, in order to be able to say yes. Uh, he had some additional medical challenges. Uh, the timing was kind of unique. <laughs> As Brent said, I'm a fireman for the city of Madison. And at that moment in that summer, I made the decision to attend paramedic school and become a paramedic with the fire department because we only had a family of three. And it was a nice interim without an extra child in the home that we would have to take care of. So we were comfortable as a family of three, and I'm sitting in the middle of paramedic school when my phone buzzes with a text message said, can you talk? And I knew exactly <laughs> what that conversation <laughs> was going to entail five minutes later when we went on a break from class. I exactly knew what it was gonna be. <laughs> Good timing on paramedic yeah, school, by perfect. the way. Perfect, <laughs> it was a great choice. You know what, this story is all about timing, guys, clearly. God's got your timing, you're all good. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we said yes and brought home Mason, and it was a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, he had a feeding tube. Uh, he had to be fed 
uh, every three hours, and the feeding took over an hour, uh, so it was a bit time-consuming. And he also had some breathing concerns, and so uh, Ryan and I actually uh, split the nights. Uh, one of us was awake with him every single night um, in order to make sure that he uh, was being fed and didn't stop breathing. And uh, there was also a lot of doctor's appointments. Uh, there's home visits that are required with the foster care, making sure the kids are safe and also coordinating uh, visits with his biological parents. So we just kind of had mm. a lot going on. Absolutely. And Ryan was still in paramedic school. Still, <laughs> still in paramedic school. <laughs> in the midst of all, I don't in even. In the midst of all of it staying awake. And I mean, it worked out because I could study in the middle of the night, apparently. But Which is why you can do a whole shift and then come and, and share at come church on Sunday because you're like, this is easy. This is nothing. Bags <laughs> under my eyes and a <laughs> gallon of coffee in my stomach. That's right. You guys are good. Okay, so okay, so you've been through, let's, let's just say, a bit of a ringer, a bit of a roller coaster. You said yes to Samira, but then devastating. She, three and a half months later, she goes out. And now you, Blake starts praying for his sister and a brother now. Now Mason comes into your home. You're doing paramedic school. All of this stuff is happening. And, and so all of, you're, I'm sure you're wondering at this point, like, God, what are you doing? Right? What, what, is, what are we doing? And then, this, does, this is just crazy, but then you get probably, I don't know if this is true, but at least to me it seems like the most unexpected phone call that you just totally didn't expect at this point. Yes, so it was uh, June of 2021. Um, I was actually merging onto the Beltline from Park Street at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, traffic, and I get this phone call <laughs> and I answered it. Uh, when you're in foster care, you answer random 608 phone numbers. Uh, <laughs> uh, just because um, it's a good idea, you never know who it is or what they're calling for. Mm -hmm. um, and they asked about uh, Samira who had not been on our radar. Um, we knew that she was with her kinship home and um, hadn't had communication. And so we didn't know anything about her. Um, and they were calling because she needed to be removed from her kinship home. And would we be interested in taking placement of her again? So, Thankfully, they let me get to where I was going, uh, which was my mother-in-law's house, uh, to get Blake. And so I called them back, and I'm on the phone with this uh, social worker, and she's explaining to me um, what led to the determination to remove Samira from her home, and also the long-term trauma impacts that this little girl is going to have for the rest of her life. And... Um, I'm in the basement at my mother-in-law's house and I hear this voice and it is so loud um, and like powerful and also just kind of heavy. Um, and this voice, it's God. And he says to me, keep saying yes. And I was scribbling down notes so I could explain everything to Ryan uh, that the social worker was saying to me. And I actually had to have her stop and repeat what she had already said because I realized that there's like this gap in my notes because I was so, uh, I don't want to say distracted, but I was. I, there was, you know, I, hmm. I was hearing God and I, you know, it was in my brain. I'm also thinking like, okay, I, I can't hear the kids upstairs. I know my father-in-law isn't home. Like, what is this? Um, you know, my brain's trying to process all of this quickly. Um, but it was clearly God telling me to just keep saying yes. Mm. So we did. Um, and a couple of weeks later, uh, Samira came back home. Mm. So we have two kids under the age of two. Um, they are six months apart. And I call them my almost twins. <laughs> Um, and Blake's prayers were answered. He had his sister back home, and he had his baby brother as well. Okay, so, so you, like, this is definitely, 
so far outside of plans, <laughs> any normal sort of semblance of plans, God gave you Samira, and then Samira is taken, and now you have Mason, and then you get the call, and then Samira comes back. So Blake's prayers literally are answered. He's praying for his sister to come back. She is. She prayed, he prayed for a brother, and you have a brother now. So now God begins to adjust. He begins to shift your yes, because your initial yes was foster care. Like, we're all in. We're going to do foster care. But now that was complete, that, that had shifted at this point. Can you just, just tell us about that? What shifted there? Well, I think it was kind of the realization at that point when she came back that we have been, at least in my, my head and my heart, trying to prepare myself to be a family of three. I figured all the losses that we went through, mm. uh, through our own uh, miscarriages, and then having her show up and then leave again was like, maybe God's just saying we're supposed to be three. Mm. And then Mason comes, and we're still in the mindset of foster care and, and trying to reunite him with his family. And then she comes, and apparently three was supposed to be five. Um, and so we... We were then driven to consider the question of adoption of both of these children, um, and the timeline worked out to be adopting both of them at the same exact time and cementing a, a family of five on the same day you know, last summer in July, June. That's awesome. And that was when um, last summer in July was the court date when all of this became official, which is... And, and, and from what I understand, this is pretty amazing that it lined up that these two kids, like you could adopt Mason and Samira at the same time. Same I mean, the, court hearing, everything. Which is, uh, uh, I was going to say, and the same court hearing. Like you get, you took care of both at the same time, which is amazing. Yes, it was uh, very unusual for um, two kids, they're not siblings, um, to be, uh, to track along the same process because there's a lot of uh, court proceedings that have to happen and things that um, need to go in place before that does happen. Mm. So, yes, it was very unusual. Mm. And I remember, uh, was it August, I think, or is it the end of July? But anyway, when you guys had the party to celebrate adopting Mason and Samira. And we were there and you were gathered with friends and with family. And it was just so cool to see Mason and Samira. And, and they, like you were, they're fully adopted. They're, you're a family, you, went, you literally went from a family of three to a family of five like that, uh, which is amazing. And God answered that, that prayer of Blake's and God answered your prayers. So, um, so just a couple more questions. <clears throat> um, this journey was like, this is the understatement of all understatements, but it was a roller coaster, right? It was a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, just tell us some of the emotions and some of what you are learning still, maybe, and what you have learned um, through, this, through this story. There were obviously some really high points and some very low points uh, through our journey. Um, and as I mentioned before, we have uh, the benefit of hindsight. And mm -hmm. I know without a doubt uh, that this was all God's timing. Um, if Samira had never left our home, we would not have ever uh, met Mason. Um, we would have been a closed home. Um, they would never have called us. And... Um, mm. Mason is meant for our family. <laughs> he really is. Um, and so it truly is a matter of God's timing, not ours, um, and trusting him with that. That's definitely something that we've both learned is uh, faith and just really being able to, to trust that even when you are in those low points, mm. um, he has a plan. We just need to believe it. Um, and keep saying yes, because obviously our journey, um, we wouldn't be where we are today if we hadn't continued to say yes every single time um, that we were presented with that next option. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? It's hard, but it's amazing. So 
Uh, <clears throat> I want to give you guys the opportunity. This is You guys knew this was coming. We talked about this. But one last question. I know that because of the journey God brought you on, you guys have been faithful to say yes again and again and again. And, and, and you guys, it's just amazing to see. And Mason and Samira... Uh, and if you, you guys need to meet Mason and Samira. They're amazing. Uh, their smiles, and they have a ton of energy. That is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it, it really is. Like, they have a ton of energy. Um, so you got to meet those guys. But um, what I know is because of your story, you, uh, Ryan and Crystal, you both have some very strong emotions and thoughts and passions for foster care and adoption and all those kind of things. So just kind of give you this last question to say, what, what would you share with us at the end uh, for everybody here about, about foster care and, and, and yeah, anything else you want to share about? Uh, so I believe that every single person is called to foster care. You may not be called to foster parent, uh, but you are still called to foster care. And we as Christians need to uh, rally together to support the kids that are in care um, through no choice of their own um, as they attempt to reunify with their birth parents or as they continue to live with their foster parents. And what that looks like may be learning how to use a kid's medical equipment so that you can give a parent a break for a couple hours, or mentoring a teen, or dropping off a meal or clothes after a new placement um, comes. And I think the most important thing, of course, is prayer. These kids, they really need our prayers. Mm. You give these guys a hand, because this is amazing. <laughs> Ryan and Crystal, thank you. Thank you guys. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and uh, by the way, that what we showed on the screen, that list of things that you can do, I completely concur with Crystal. I back her up on that 100%. We are all called to foster care because you don't have to foster parent to be involved. We are all called to adopt. You don't have to adopt to be involved. We need to be praying at minimum. We need to be bringing meals. We need to be there. We need to be learning. I didn't even learn how intense this was until I started talking to them and started to hear their story. And we actually said we apologize for not being there even more than we could have been because we didn't realize how intense it was. Okay, so I'm admitting even from uh, my personal standpoint and us as a church, sometimes we're not even there. And so I just want you to know that I don't know where exactly where this leads, but this is going to lead somewhere for how we get involved more intentionally and practically in this. And so we have a whole bunch of those cards. I think, are they back on Connection Point? Uh, Pastor Nick is shaking his head. So they're back on Connection Point. You can grab one of those cards. Just as a reminder, take it, hand it out to people. Let them know. Let's get involved in this and help uh, these guys in an amazing, amazing work that God is doing, okay? Uh, so I wanted to just share this, and I asked for permission uh, from Ryan and Crystal to share this on the heels of their story, but um, you guys know when we started this uh, campaign, I shared three numbers with you that we hired an organization called Enjoy, and they kind of ran the math and the numbers. So according to science and math, they said, here's the low number, the medium number, and the high number that we think your church can raise in a, in a campaign. And, uh, and so the three numbers were 300,000, 450,000, and 600,000. Those are the three numbers, right? Three, 450, and 600,000. Now, Blake who is six years old, he was in that worship service when I shared those numbers, okay? He was in the worship service, and he, whenever he's sitting in service, he takes notes, and he was taking notes, and so we, I did not know this, but he was taking these notes, and later that day, I think it was later that day, Crystal texted us, and this is, I'm going to read this verbatim from her text. She said, Blake felt today's numbers were easily achievable and wrote new goals. <laughs> I kid you not. And then underneath that text, she sent me a picture of his notes. Uh, I want to show you. This is a picture. He wrote new goals for us. Look at that. Hey, hey can I hear you? Who's with Blake on this one? 
Amen? If Blake can pray for a baby sister and a baby brother and he gets them, I have no doubt God can take care of this. Right? Isn't that awesome? The faith of a six-year-old to say, I'm already, he's already saying yes to God. Do you know that he, he can't wait to get baptized? We're working through that. <laughs> but he so wants to be all in with God. That's my hope and prayer for all of us. And I would say that sometimes the biggest enemy of faith is fear. Ryan and Crystal, I'm sure there were times when you were a little like afraid of what you were doing. I know you were because we've talked about it. Whatever you're afraid of, sometimes that's the best place to go because that's where God wants to grow your faith. And so will you say yes to whatever God is asking you to do? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Ryan and Crystal and their faith to say yes to you over and over and over and over again. God, it's amazing that they said yes to join a launch team when, when they, they, were, they kind of believed, and they, they, but they hadn't necessarily been walking that way, and Crystal hadn't started believing yet, but they said yes to help start a church. How crazy is that, God? But you called them because you knew that there was a story. You knew that Mason was out there. You knew that Samira was out there and that they were going to have to say yes to them and that you were going to lead them through a journey and that they were going to become part of their family. God, you moved on them so many different times and they said yes. And now here we are with them as a family of five in a way that they, as they've said, they can't imagine it any different. God, help us to have that kind of faith that we would push fear aside. You say in your word, God, that your perfect love drives out fear. I pray that promise over this space. Everybody in the room, everybody online, I pray for that promise that your love would push out, that would drive out fear in their life and that they would lean in and they would step boldly in to faith and trusting you, God, and that you would lead them into incredible faith and love and power and grace that you have already offered to them. God, help us to tell the stories of us saying yes to you because they're going to be amazing. Help us not to fear what you're calling us to or what we see in this world. Help us to have faith, to trust you. We pray this and ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. As we